Welcome to the Super Expander Podcast. My name is Corrine Phelps, your host. I'm a business and growth coach, money mindset expert, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me all over from working in finance to owning a boutique fitness studio. I found myself burnt out, miserable, and questioning everything. Saying things to myself like, there's got to be more to life than this. Refusing to settle for a mediocre existence, I went all in, learning how to harness untapped potential and rewire the subconscious mind to create an extraordinary life. The last 10 years have been a crash course in self-love, building a business, creating community, building wealth, and doing what it takes to just freaking go for it. My mission is to help you align to your purpose, Rewire your subconscious to support your big dreams and vision and create a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. So sit back, tune in, and prepare to expand. Hello, super expanders. Oh, goodness, how are you? So excited for my guest today. She is an amazing, amazing woman, and I can't wait to share her with you. You'll learn a little bit about our how we met and the amazing work that she's doing in the world. So let me introduce you to Lisa Norman. I am so happy to be here, Corey. Yes. And I often use my middle name to help identify me a little bit more easily. I go by Lisa Malia. So um, there's a lot of Lisa Normans in the world and I love my full name. So yeah. So for a moment I was like, hold on, did I say that wrong? Because that doesn't seem, seem right. And Malia is a beautiful, beautiful name to use. That's your, it's your middle name. It's my middle name. Yes. I was born Elizabeth Malia and my family decided to call me Lisa for whatever reason, but um, I think the two go very nicely together. So oh my gosh. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Such a beautiful name. I love that. So what I would love to do, and you guys, we are, we're so lucky that she was able to carve out the time to, to meet with us today because she truly is just like a magical, magical woman and she has so much light to share with this world. So I'd love for you just to kind of tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Mm, Okay, where do I start? So I just celebrated my 50th birthday this year, actually just a few weeks ago. So when anybody asks that now, I think, well, it's a long story, (laughs) but um, so I am today a nonprofit CEO, founder, and a woman's leadership embodiment coach. My background is in women's health. Um, I was a practicing midwife for many years. And so I, I use a lot of that body wisdom as part of my practice. And it's always guided the work that I do, no matter what form it took, um, really diving into women's bodies, women's wisdom and the body and the intuition and the information and innate knowing that we have within our bodies and the amount of self-trust that we can develop when we tap into that. So again, it's taken on many forms. Now I spend a lot of time advocating and supporting women with breast cancer And that's the work that my nonprofit does. And um, using, again, that wisdom and guiding women in their leadership roles to embody leadership practices using regenerative 
wisdom that so innately comes from women's bodies. Now you can see why I'm so excited to share her with you guys, right? Such wisdom, as you can can hear from her story, so much light, so much power, and an advocate for women with breast cancer. Seriously, that's a long list of amazing things that you are creating and doing and supporting in the world. And I have to say, let's back up for a second. You just turned 50, no way. I did. <laughs> I feel like yes. I just don't even believe you for one, one second. You are just radiating nothing but this like youthful feminine aura and vibe. It's just like, in, I just want to be in your energy and in your, in your space. Oh my goodness. I so appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I have three daughters and they definitely help keep me youthful. <laughs> uh, yes. You know what? I think that is one of the secrets, right? Is, is having, having children. Uh, I, I have a daughter myself. She's, she is 22. And so I feel you. I'm like, she keeps me hip. She keeps me like, I know what's going on, all the cutting edge things all because she keeps oh. me top of my such game. a fun age oh my gosh my youngest is 22 so I get it I love that age oh my gosh so much fun so I'd love to know and I'm sure the audience would too how exactly did you get into being being a midwife um and and helping women with that I mean it's like a lot of ancient wisdom that I think you have to study and learn to be able mm -hmm. to do that and do that well Mm, oh, I'm so grateful that you framed it that way. Um, that speaks straight to my soul. It is ancient wisdom. And that is the ancient wisdom that we all hold within our bodies. Um, I do consider myself a womb wisdom keeper. And that is, you know, how we connect to ourselves, but to each other, we um, really have the ability to tap tap into the collective and all the nourishment and information and, um, again, regenerative practices that are there to support us in the work that we do. So it really is the source of um, my innate knowing, and I believe it is the source of what we need in this day and age going forward as there are so many shifts and changes in the world right now. Um, I came to the practice of being a midwife just as a calling. Um, I was very young when I knew that I had this um, calling to be in sacred spaces when, energy was really intense for a lot of people. I felt called to be there and be in that space and to almost be, um, I don't even want to call it a soothing presence, but some almost like a guardian of intense spaces that most people, what I would say most people found intense. I didn't find it intense. I found them very um, beautiful. And I came from a family of women that had a long history of natural childbirth. Um, and I, I knew that when I became a mom, and that was really all I wanted, even as a child, was like, I couldn't wait to become a mom. I, there was nothing I wanted more than to have a baby, <laughs> grow a baby and birth a baby. Um, and I just knew that that's when it really sunk in with me, though, that my body knew things that I didn't. There was wisdom in my body that I didn't need to think about. It knew how to do this. And when I really started to tap into that and explore it, it 
it became a, a real journey of, well, what else does my body know that I don't know? What if I listened to it? What if I asked it more questions? What else can I access if I really just trust what my body knows and what my body is trying to tell me? Um, so that's really how it started. And of course, the process of having my own babies, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm meant to be a midwife. I am meant to be with women. I am meant to witness them in their magic, magnify and illuminate their innate wisdom and their power and their strength. There's so much strength in your vulnerability. And that's, you know, what's happening in childbirth is you do, you are in your most vulnerable, but also your most powerful um, state of being. And when we can harness that energy and tap into it as a, as a pillar for us to help navigate going forward, I think that there's just um, so much that that can be a catalyst for. Oh my gosh. So true. And I feel like this has been a, a conversation that has been like a nonstop thing in my I guess in my world recently, it's just intuition on like nonstop. I mean, we've met through a breathwork training, which was something just so healing and so, um, so powerful and potent. And I feel like my biggest takeaway from that was a reconnection to my intuition that I had been really denying for a long, a long while. So I, I love the fact that we're, we're talking about intuition here uh -huh. so powerful it's really truly never leading you down the wrong path no our bodies don't lie our intuition doesn't lie and so one of the big yeah. things that that I like I feel like keeps surfacing for me and I don't know how you have been able to navigate it and stay so true to it through your entire life which is that your intuition oftentimes doesn't tell you to do the easy things. It doesn't always tell you to do the things that feel feel comfortable. It'll tap on your shoulder and it's like, hey, do this thing. And you're like, I don't, I don't want to do this thing. I don't want to do this thing. It looks really hard. It looks really, really uncomfortable. So how, how do you navigate that? How have you stayed so true to your intuition in the face of those sorts of things? Okay. Well, first of all, it hasn't been easy. I can sit here on the other side of this and pretend that this has always been easy. And that's a complete lie. Um, what you're talking about is what I say, you know, when you try to negotiate with your intuition, I used to do that. This is how I can sit on the other side of this, because I've learned that negotiating with my intuition is just not something to do. I've tried it. It doesn't work. I failed bad. <laughs> my intuition does not want to negotiate with me. Um, and what that looked like for me, honestly, is, you know, I started off as a midwife. I, I had this information and this knowledge, but life gets busy and I got pulled off course. I had three girls and a divorce and I found myself a single mom and being on call as a midwife, I didn't think was going to be able to support me the way that I needed to be supported to support my family at that time. And I... I dove deep into the corporate world doing, um, you know, software marketing and being in the C-suite, the only woman at the table most of the time in the most masculine environment you could be in. And, you know, I felt like I needed, you know, the great benefits, the great insurance, the, you know, all the things so that I could supposedly have what I thought was going to be this nine to five job, which wasn't, I was working crazy hours all the time and just depleting myself and making myself sick. Um, 
And I knew it wasn't in alignment with my soul's calling. I knew it wasn't what I was meant to be doing. I knew it was actually making me sick and I wasn't living the life that I wanted to. And my intuition told me every single day, my body told me every single day, do not do this. This is not for you. There is another way. And I was living in such a state of fear that I couldn't see it or believe it. So there is no other way or, or maybe there is another way. And I'll think about it after my daughter graduates high school. So I just kept telling my intuition, okay, I hear you, but we're going to talk about this in a couple of years. You know, I just kept tabling it and the message just got louder and louder. And I really was working myself into a state of illness. And I say working myself to death because what took me out finally was a breast cancer diagnosis. And um, that diagnosis actually ended up saving my life. I'm very lucky that I am healthy and well today. Many women don't have that. Um, but it really was the only way the universe, my intuition was going to get me to stop doing what I was doing that was not serving anybody. And um, again, that was me learning my lessons the hard way. And that's really what brought me back into this place of knowing. And it was a journey from there on too, you know, and, and from there, um, what I can say, once you decide to to commit to that journey and to that process of really trusting and listening to your intuition is, is practicing it, you know, just practice it, build a muscle, start to build a roadmap, put pinpoints in your roadmap of this is a time when I listened and this is, I can trust that. This is a time when I didn't listen and this is what that felt like. And I, I know what that feeling feels like now. Um, and start to journal it again, put little pinpoints in your, your, your roadmap of these pivotal moments in your life when you know you listened to it or you know you didn't. How did that feel? What did that look like? What happened next? And develop it like a muscle, like you do anything else. I love the reference point of pinpoints in, in the map because one of my favorite quotes by Steve Jobs is, and I feel like I've said this before and I always like to chop it up, but you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And I feel like it's such a, like there's a direct correlation to your intuition in that because it's not necessarily for us to understand the whole entire sequence of events where it's just for us to trust and do the thing. And know that uh -huh. later it's all going to make sense for us. Yeah, exactly. A lot of times it doesn't make sense. It's been a practice of just trusting it and not having the answers. Like sometimes I'm doing things I don't have answers for. And people are asking me, well, what are you doing that for? And I'm like, I, well, I don't actually know. I'm just trusting my intuition on this. We're going to find out together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it really is sometimes just a leap of faith and trust in that inner knowing. And, you know, at this point, I, I know that feeling well enough to not um, discount it. I don't dismiss it. I, yeah, it's definitely for sure a practice. I also, part of the takeaway of something that you had just said too is, and this has been my experience and I feel like I've also, so many other people have explained it best way. It's like your intuition will gently tap on your shoulder, whisper in your ear, and then you kind of ignore it. And then it starts to pat you on the back a little bit harder, still keep, you're like, get away, get away. And then all of a sudden it's a giant boulder gets dropped on your head. It's just or smacks you right in the face. Right. And uh -huh. it's, you could have saved yourself a lot of different things. If we, if we made a practice of listening, not to say that that's the same in your, in the case of your breast cancer diagnosis, which I'm sure was 
the one of the hardest things you've had to to navigate and I I love that you're able to see it as a gift because I think that's a that in and of itself is such a a such a strong powerful way to view these things that tend to be could be you could view it the other way and it could have taken you an absolute another direction yet you leveraged it into creating so much positivity and so much power in your life and for others too which is extra amazing Mm. yeah thank you um you know, it was really just born out of what I desired and craved and needed for myself and, and just recognizing that I can't be the only one feeling this way and, you know, reaching out and organically building a community and sharing my message. And, and it just, it grew from there. I have a question for you. Have you joined the super expander free mentorship community? If not, What are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now and text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. Text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. I send out weekly tips and inspiration to help you grow your business, to step into your wealthiest, most highest self, to harness your full potential and live an exceptional and extraordinary life. And the best part is it's really me sending those messages. So text me, say hello, and send me your questions. So this. And the next one's the big one, big, the big question coming in. All of these things that you have, have navigated, has there been on your journey people who have been super expanders for you that were people who either called you up or inspired you or really just gave you that, that picture of knowing that what you were meant to be doing in this world was possible. Mm. Gosh, I, that is a big question. And <laughs> I, I have to say, man, it's a village. It, <laughs> I have, I have had a village. I have the most incredible people in my life and support. Um, and I really think that like, having community is the way we do this my expanders have been my brothers they've called me out and up and back to myself all the time um even when I was a little girl you know girls can be hard on their moms (laughs) I have three daughters you know um but but my brothers just they always just had this way of just, they loved, all they did was love, you know, boys just love their moms. Um, and anytime I'd be a little bit agitated, my brother, and I was, I was definitely an agitated teenager. Um, and my brothers, would, they would just put their arms around me and they would just look at my mom in this way and be like, God, isn't she just beautiful? And I would just, it would take the breath out of me for a minute and be like, she's our mom. What are you talking about? But really actually softening and relaxing into that and just to be able to put a different lens on my viewpoint of whatever it was that I was looking at and look at it from a different way 
and see that, you know, my, my way wasn't necessarily serving anybody. Um, you know, and my, and my brother did that again for me during my cancer diagnosis. Um, you know, feeling like all I could do was grip on. I was trying to hold on to everything and keep everything together. And he just came to me and said, let it go. This is your chance to just let it all go. Take it. Take your chance to just let it all go. And that sounds terrifying and wonderful at the same time. Um, you know, letting it all go. What do you mean? I can't feel the pills if I do that. So that's all that was on my mind. But um, he could see the bigger picture, again, giving me a new lens to look through life through and um, seeing the bigger picture and being able to embrace it and walk into it. So, um, yeah. And now I just, you know, as far as people that support me on this path, you know, I've got some sisters on speed dial and I grew up with three sisters and, you know, I have the ones that I was born with and the ones that I've created, you know, they're my soul sisters and they're on speed dial, like any moment, any day or night, just, you know, they're there to stand shoulder to shoulder with you when you have your moments and to reflect back to you who you are and, you know, polish the mirror, the lens that you're looking through the world with and, and help you stay on your path. Chills uh, from, from all of that brothers sound amazing oh my gosh just the way so i have that what's what's the age difference there because to know that they were hugging you you, you have more than one brother right you said you, you have brothers too, i do right? i have two older brothers yeah and i do i'm the luckiest woman on the planet i adore my older brothers that does not mean that they didn't do their fair share of uh, picking on me as a kid yeah. <laughs> that's a nice way they wouldn't be brothers right? they wouldn't be <laughs> right. brothers if they didn't do that but i love the but, that wisdom that they had to, and the way that to approach it like that just to be wow talk about breaking down walls right Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said this question was going to bring up something unexpected, and you're absolutely right. I didn't see it going there. But um, yeah, my brothers are two and three years older than me. So, well, so that's some serious wisdom for for them to be able to in those like formidable teenage years when we are not always the easiest humans to be around. Like our parents love us, but they don't like us. In the <laughs> for, mm -hmm. for them to know how to navigate tense emotionally charged moments in that way and just diffuse it I love that yeah yeah they really do they have a gift for that they've they've been a grounding force in my life absolutely and then to come back in as this really powerful voice of and I don't even want to call it reason because yes you could be like the the logical reason and like yeah just let it go but really with that they sound to be very intuitive and very connected to their intuition to be able to speak that way to you with confidence and knowing that it was all going to be okay. And this was a, a silver lining, an opportunity, like a pivot point to step into like that next, that next level, that next phase of greatness in the face of something so scary and so hard to navigate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't have said it any better. That's, that's exactly. Uh, I, I love that. And of course we don't, we all need to have a, some really strong sisters and women to lean on in, in our world. I feel like that is something that a lot of women 
are lacking in their life because they there's such a competitive non like a lack of trust that ends up oftentimes existing in circles of women so mm-hmm. i'd love to know what has been your not not your secret but we'll we'll just use the word secret for back of lack of because i can't come up with a better word in this moment what has been mm-hmm. your secret to creating such strong relationships with women that are mm-hmm. built on true sisterhood mm. this is the potent question and it really is but what we need in this time is sisterhood women to be shoulder to shoulder with us because we are untangling and dismantling the ways that we do business, the way that we do lives, the way we show up in the world. I mean, and this is happening at a global global level with um, not just COVID, the great resignation, all of it. Everybody's realigning the way they do things and the way they're practicing and showing up in the world. And, you know, women historically, at least in our living memory, right, have not had positions as much opportunity for leadership positions in this world in business and you know the competition arises from having just one seat at the table for a woman or um, just not having enough spaces for women to show up and share their magic and have it be respected even the fact that we're sitting here talking about intuition is something that wouldn't happen many years ago right it's just seen as well what's the value in that um And when we allow ourselves to really sink into that and create more spaces at the table for more women and really support each other in that process and mentor each other the way that men have been doing for years is revolutionary to us in this time. And it's really how we navigate that and how we learn to trust each other in that. You know, and I even caught myself the other day, it was on an interview for another podcast. It was actually Rebecca's, you know, and we were talking a little bit about this too. And I you know, I even caught myself in that conversation saying, yeah, we were all fighting for the same seat at the table. So we went and built our own table, but that's not even really what it's about now. We need to be pulling up an extra seat and inviting another woman to the table with us, right? So it's it's about really deciding that we are going to be, be this way. We are going to mentor each other, find your mentors and learn from them and and bring another woman to the table with you and let her learn from you and um it's it's also a commitment that we made these women that i have on speed dial we we literally have decided to make this our sisterhood a priority we call each other we have a dedicated night that we call all three of us get on zoom every week we've decided that this is what's important to us and we check in what's going on what's happening where do you need support just listen whatever it is that comes up and um from there of course we're on speed dial throughout the week but we've decided that this is important and it's not just like oh, i'll talk to you later um or call me if you need anything kind of a thing it's it's we call anyways and then we find out what's needed right i i love that i got chills through all of what you just said, full body chills. And that last part, what I really, really like about that and really lands for me is that you call anyways, because that's something that, especially I think that we as women have 
trained ourselves to do is to just keep going no matter what, right? You have your children, your family, the thing you just like, it doesn't, you put your needs, your thoughts, your feelings, and you shelf them and we almost become desensitized to them. So someone might ask you how you're doing and your automatic response is, I'm okay, I'm fine. But deep down inside, you know that you're actually not. So I love that you've created this, this weekly check-in with your your circle to it's like no no tell us what's going on this is there's there's going to be no I'm fine answers happening here because that's the most that's the most suspicious answer always I'm fine yeah and then the next question is okay how are you really (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness that's that's so I love that I feel like everyone Every woman should make that a practice within their their circle of friends. And if, if you don't have one, then work on creating one and add that as mm-hmm. part of your your rituals that you you uphold yeah. with each other. Absolutely. It is a practice. It takes devotion and commitment, but we it it's it's so valuable. It's so valuable. And it's so what's needed. And you're right. Women don't really give themselves permission to take that time out of the day because they were expected, or we put this expectation on us that we should be doing or producing or serving or whatever it is, you know, meeting the expectations of other people and showing up in a certain way all the time. And to take even an hour out of your evening to go sit down and speak with your soul squad feels like revolutionary like who has time for that I can't do that and it's so easy to say well tonight doesn't work for me how about tomorrow or to put it off or to reschedule or do all the things and make the excuses and um you've really just got to take take the excuses out of it and and really devote to it because it is it is what's needed and you promise uh you'll be so grateful you did um sisterhood is everything and and you're right I love it yeah put the call out there (laughs) let everybody bring this into their self-care practice yes I think so it's definitely I'm like hmm I think I might be having to to have a little powwow with with my my group of women love this Okay, so I would love to know, you know, we're, it's this time of, of year when we start making big plans for the whole year that lies ahead of us. And I'd love to know a year from now, 12 months from now, if we were sitting back here on the podcast, which I would love to do, um, how would you like to feel? What's good, what is your North Star that's going to lead you to all your big dreams, goals, desires that you hope for that mm-hmm. are already, because you hope for them and you desire them, we already know that they are on their way to you. So I feel like focusing on the feeling is such a powerful way of getting you to the place. So how do you want to feel? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, my my North Star is to walk the path of love and um, to show up in love. And in a year from now, I hope to be feeling resourced, hope to be feeling energized, hope to be feeling um, the the impact of the work that I've created and seeing its ripple effects and the way it's nourishing and sustaining itself. 
um, and feeling feeling more love and joy and peace. Gosh, that's like a full personal mission statement for the year. And that feels so, so good. So powerful. I love it. Love it so much. Okay. So final question. I love to, to tie a bow on these conversations with this because I know that there's so much wisdom that you hold that you could share with the world. So if you were to, if you could tell your younger self something, give your younger self a, a little bit of advice, what would it be? Because I know this is the kind of advice that really is the kind of advice that serves everyone else and really can change the trajectory of someone else's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, a powerful question and it's one that I I ask the women in my community often and it really if I could go back and tell her just that it all works out okay but but like you've got this and then some it actually is even better than you imagined it could be and if you allow yourself to trust that, the things that you're spending your time worrying about now are really holding you back. So what if you trusted and what if you worried less and let yourself believe what's possible? Goodness. It's like, that's the, the statement that I definitely needed to hear. And I'm thinking about how it could have collapsed time for me. So like so much time, but also think of all the, the stress on your nervous system that would also be just completely lifted. All the health issues that we sort of inflict on ourselves because of the, the worry that we endure that ends up being really a, a matter of just like, you know, it's for naught because everything does always work itself out in, in the best possible way. Yeah, in the best possible way. And the things that I was worrying about anyways didn't happen. It was usually something else that would navigate and show me a new way forward, but it wasn't the things I was worrying about. I love that so, so much. Such a potent, powerful piece of advice that we all need to take to heart. Absolutely. Lisa, thank you so much for showing up today, for sharing your wisdom, your light, your love with us. It feels so, so grateful. I know that you have a busy, busy schedule. So it truly is like, I'm filled with gratitude that you were able to make the time to have this conversation. Oh, absolutely, Corey. I, I so admire you and the work that you're doing and your willingness to just dive into these conversations. I'm really looking forward into to hearing and meeting the other woman that you've got on the show as well. It's just it's beautiful. It's a beautiful message that you're you're creating here. I'm so happy to be part of it. Thank you for having me. So grateful. We will catch you on the next the next episode. You guys have an awesome day. 
If you like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. As always, the best way that you can thank our amazing guests is to share your biggest takeaway and then tag us on social media. 